Hello, hello, and welcome to today's episode of the Dreamers Succeed podcast. Uh, we're doing the series for November, the month of giving, and we're going to be featuring an amazing, I mean, again, this is why I call them episodes. Our guest today, you're going to be uh, amazed with, with her passion, her dedication, her commitment to serving others. So with no further ado, I want to introduce you to Eunice Nuna, who is the Executive Director of Wounded Heart Healers Kenya. She's a psychologist, a speaker, a survivor, a mother, and a life coach. She regularly delivers keynote speeches on a variety of topics, including mental health, perseverance, well-being, resilience, and her personal journey of transformation. She shares stories of women who are survivors of sexual violence, who are thriving, liberated, and passionate to end the cycle of sexual violence. She equips survivors to grow in self-dependency, leadership, leadership, and healing through her gift of counseling. And I want you to know, as, as we get into our conversation, you're going you're gonna to be able to put and connect the dots to a lot of what I'm saying now. Uh, Eunice is dedicated to giving all children and women the ability to protect themselves against all types of violence. So please help me welcome Eunice. Woo! <laughs> Thank you so much. So happy to have you, Eunice, and I appreciate you. I know you're busy and always being pulled in a million directions. So I'm so grateful that you have made the time to join us. How are things? Yeah. How are things in your neck of the woods, weather-wise? <laughs> Um, I would say so far so good. I'm enjoying the, the gift of life and the gift of being here and the gift of, you know, meeting people like this is a big opportunity for me. Wonderful. Whenever I make a connection, I just like, yay, that's the it. best thing that I've done today. I love it. I love it. So Eunice, can you take us a little bit uh, just into the, the, you know, where you were born, where you grew up, how you ended up here in the States, just a little bit of a, of a recap so we can get to know you. I have the blessing of, of knowing uh, part of her story. I know there's, there are a lot of layers, but it just from our first conversation was a tremendous blessing. So I want you to share some of some of that with with our audience so that they know you're from one of my favorite places on the planet if not my favorite <laughs> place on the planet but um would love to to have you share that with them as well um i'm born and brought up in kenya uh, uh in in a, an african culture in a culture that i love so much even now um and i am a last born of family of 12 kids my mom is, an, is a real African woman. <laughs> and uh, I'm the last one of the family of 12 kids. Um, and uh, I went to school like any other person, like in the village, in the life of going to school, like a group of kids, and without knowing the life in the city. And I went, I went from uh, grade one to uh, started the eight, that's what we call them, grade eight here, and then high school. So my parents, I grew up with a, with a dad who was uh, unco uh, alcoholic. And my growing up, I watched him beat, abuse my mom so much, beat up my mom as I grew up. And my life was, my, my home was never a place that you want to stay because every time and then there was fight, my dad would make us do so many things to just 
to just make him happy. So I grew up with a lot of fear and child trauma that I later came to realize it was child trauma when I, when I was growing up. Wow. So, uh, and my, my culture, my a girl child was not supposed to get education as compared to a boy child. Mm -hmm. So uh, for me to get education was a struggle. And my mom really loved the fact that we needed to learn. And my mom always said, me being the last one of 12, of family of 12, she didn't plan for me. Wow. So I, she, she always called me a mistake. Even today she laughed about it <laughs> because she didn't expect me. She thought she has finished. Mm -hmm. So again, due to that, I was not expected to get as education because, you know, I was not expected to come. So mm -hmm. education, to get education for me was a struggle. And when I, 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 I was a sharp student, I was a clever girl and, and I was born very talkative. So I always talked to people to, to, to get to my level, to uh, fought my way to, to, to education. And I did uh, grade eight and went to a high school but my parents could not pay the high school fees. Mm. And I was forced to start applying for scholarships, start looking for people to help. And my mom only paid the first year in high school and it, we, we had a balance of 8,000 8, Kenya shilling, which is $80 in America. Mm -hmm. So uh, in, form two, in form two, I got a scholarship. So it paid form two, form three, and form four, and I finished. Mm. But remember, the scholarship did not pay the, $80 dollars right. that my mom had not paid. So after high after form four, I was expected to pay that. Like my parents after high school, they were done with uh with paying kids mm -hmm. school fees. So I knew I will never get my certificate. And I really wanted to be a doctor. Wow. I just wanted to wear a doctor. And the reason I laugh about it where I went, I wanted to be a doctor is because I admired the attention that doctors are given in the hospital. Mm -hmm. Like when they are walking those white lab yeah. code everyone wanted to talk to them so that's all i wanted i like i wanted the attention wow. maybe i i come i came to understand i didn't get the attention when i was growing up mm -hmm. uh, but i couldn't go because uh my i had i had that fixed balance and my mom didn't pay so i was forced to come to the city to look for a job as a house girl mm. and now that's where my life changed the first day i arrived in the city of nairobi I was dragged and raped oh and I was raped for a whole, uh, the person that I, I always say it's a trusted person because, uh, the case is still ongoing now. Mm -hmm. And I am, I am having so much that's still going on for 10, 13 years ago. Oh my goodness. Wow. Cause after I was raped, I got pregnant mm. and, uh, I didn't know that I was pregnant. And remember I grew up with a very violent dad. So when I was raped in the city, I had to go back to the village. And my mom was like, where did you sleep? Because my auntie was supposed to pick me up to go and connect me with where I was supposed to go and work. Mm -hmm. But she was not there. She never came to pick me up. So mm -hmm. I just looked for the help from the, right. the people. And it was 2007 when Kenya was going through post-election violence. Oh, yes, yes. So it was a risky place. So when I asked the, the person was said, oh, I'm going to help you. I am providing security. And that's how I followed him. And he went and abused me for a whole week. Oh he kept me God. in his house a whole week. And he kept bringing different people. So, And after that, he threatened me and took me back to the 
country to, to the bus back to the village. Mm-hmm. So in the village, that's the time I came to realize that I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to say that I was pregnant. And my mom always suspected, you know how women will always tell when a child is pregnant. Yeah. But I, I, like, I stood still to say that I never did anything. I got a good Samaritan who helped me because of the threats that I had. And when I told my dad, when my mom and I told my dad because we could not have my pregnancy, I was right. kicked out and I survived in the street. Oh my goodness. I lived in the street for, for long with a pregnancy, a child that I really didn't want. And then I felt like having that pregnancy was the only reason that people, everyone knew that I was raped. I prefer oh. to get rid of it. Um, but it didn't happen. And nowadays I say it is a good thing that it didn't happen because I would have suppressed so many things. So anyway, I got, I I stayed in the street and my sister, my best sister, who is running my organization right now in Kenya came and rescued me. Wow. And she, she didn't, she didn't have anything. She was living in the slum in a one room. We didn't have a toilet and I'm giving birth. I don't even have a plan of how to give birth. And when I gave birth to that boy, I gave the, I gave away that boy to my sister. I didn't want the connection with, with my son. Mm-hmm. And I was okay because now no one knew that I had a child and I started hiding again, going away from the world. Wow. And from 2008 to 2011, I don't talk too much about that because I don't know where I was. Mm-hmm. I still try to reverse and I don't know even today where I was and I wow. usually say that I died and then I resurrected wow. when I came back I came back through a man who helped me understand he I, I was working in a garage and he I when I was making his cars and helping him do the manual job he used to ask me who are you and I was like oh, how do you ask me who I am <laughs> because I am me and that question, even today, I always want to ask people, who are you? Because wow. it was my turning point. It made me think who I am. And that man used to ask me, how come you don't talk about my kid? Because whenever my sister would come with my kid to where I was working, oh, she would be like she has seen a evil person. I would chase her away because I felt like everyone else would know what happened to me. Mm. And that man helped me through his wife and I got, she started talking to me and helping me talk and I would break down. I used to cry and she knew that I needed help. So she, she, she started talking to me. She was a Christian. She used to preach to me, but it was not even making sense to me. She was taking me back to a place that I didn't want. And she told me that the first person in my life who told me that I'm strong, I was like, I'm strong. All along, I knew I was strong because I was working, but those who had again were like, wow, how would someone realize? Wow. Where are you, like, which angle is it that you're using to realize this is not me and you want me to, to know me more? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how we started talking, and I just loved the way she talked to me. Oh my she was the kindest person. If I talk about kindness, I see her face. Wow. She passed on me as a rest in peace oh, because she really made me know who I am. She really made me realize I needed help. And she really made me know that I can transform from nothing and nobody that I didn't know who I was. Wow. So 
through our process of talking, preaching to me, she started asking me, what do you want to become? And I was done with my dream. I was done with school. I had forgotten all those things. And I was like, here I am fine. I am making, monthly I would make $15. And I was okay. Wow. I didn't want anything else. I learned computer in her office. There was a big compact computer. Mm-hmm. And I used to go there. I had not seen a computer before. Click when they are home, click. And that's how I learned a computer. And when I did that, she was like, you're a bright girl. Wow. So she was, she said, I want to invest in you. Can you save money and go to school? I said, I have a balance of $80,000 $80 in school and I don't want to. So she made me tell my story and she gave me the money and she told me, go bring your certificate here. And that's how my life began. Oh my goodness. That's amazing. Oh yes. She's an amazing woman who was sent to me by God. Yes. Yes. She took me to college because I felt old. I felt dirty. I felt, and she was, I was telling her, I cannot match being in college. She took me to college. And when she took me to college, we sat down at a, like a, like a place, a common place in, mm-hmm. in that college. And we were watching people, old people running with their bag, not only young people. And I was like, she told me, even at 45, people go to school. Wow. Even at 60 years, please wow. go to school. And she oh, opened my eyes. Wow. And she helped me join the school. And I told her, you see that course you have done is what I want to do. And that's how I knew there was something like counseling psychology. Oh my I went goodness. to school. And I did a diploma in counseling psychology. Wow. I used to struggle so much going to school because I had a child. And all my life, even if she has talked to me, I wanted to hide my child from the world. Mm-hmm. And the teachers used to, you know, I love psychology because you see beyond. They right. used to tell there's something beyond. Mm-hmm. And the first, the first semester, I got a distinction. And it was also a shocking thing for me. Because I used to walk to school from like miles and miles. Wow. I didn't have food. I was not having good good clothes. My classmates used to make fun of me. If you're not wearing the pink shirt today, you're going to wear it tomorrow. Because oh, it was common. Wow. It was something that I all I didn't have clothes. Yeah. But when I got a distinction, even me, I questioned the teacher because I thought they are just sympathizing with me. <gasps> wow. That was not me. I knew that I cannot achieve anything. And the teachers joined together to encourage me. And in the three years in diploma, I led the school. My name was read first during graduation. Wow, beautiful. And everyone had known that I have a child because I used to go to the, with, the, with my child to school sometime when my sister is busy. Mm-hmm. And I would leave my child to go around the school like, like a street as I, I, I go to. So I was known. When I, I left school, graduation, my name was read. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. Wow. And I got another scholarship to do my degree. Oh, my goodness. And that's how I did degree in counseling psychology. Through well-wishers and through people who came through for mm. me. Yes. Now, when I when I, I did my diploma, that thing gave me a lot of strength, and I mm. wanted to go back and look 
to look for the one who raped me. I, I felt like I was strong enough to go. Mm-hmm. In the first year in university when I was doing my degree, I told my friend, I had made friends in school and I told my friend what I've gone through and I asked her, please help me. Mm-hmm. And I went, I traced the guy and I, wa- I went to him. Wow. And I was, wait, look here. This is what you did. And he was like, I know all that. And I've been following you. All these threats started coming. Really? But I knew, on my journey, I knew that now I wanted to do counseling so that I can help some other girls. I didn't know how. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize how I am going to help them because I was like, if I am who I am today, how about that girl who cannot speak? Yeah. Yeah. How about that girl who have no confidence? How about that girl who has not been noticed? Mm-hmm. When I went, when I got a scholarship to do my degree, I started moving, going from believing in myself and asking for more help and speaking out my story. Beautiful. And that way, I knew that I am healing. Mm-hmm. So counseling psychology was basically done to help another girl. And it empowered me in a way that I approached the guy. And right now I'm in America because of the same story because he started following me and threatening me. But anyway, before he started me wanting to run away, I have done so much. I started doing so much. Mm -hmm. I started going back to the girls. I started looking, speaking about myself. I started coming out, telling my story because the guy who raped me was supposed to provide security to me, but instead he abused me. And normally we are told once you're raped, go to the police, but they are the cause. To me, this didn't make sense to me. No. So I knew I wanted to speak on behalf of someone else. And I, I, I knew the only way that I could do that is by telling the world my story. Yeah. So that, Someone will not hear, like, is another history or geography that's being taught. Right. Someone will relate to me. Yeah. And Eunice, did, it's it's amazing. I, I just, first of all, my, my heart breaks for what you went through. But I, I have so much admiration for you for taking that pain and that um, everything that, that you went through that was so hurtful for you. And having the courage not only to confront your aggressor, but then to create an organization where you had, like you said, God put this woman in in your path. You've taken and done something so powerful with that gift of 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 just that empowerment and that encouragement to to start school, to to then focus on a degree that's going to help you take that torch and pay it forward so that other girls can feel empowered. So you created Wounded Healers in Kenya. Can you talk a little bit about that organization? And again, I know it it probably was going so much against the grain and, and, and you were, it seems like you were sort of like, listen, I don't care. This is about the girls and this is about uh, women living in violence and Mm -hmm. how I don't want that to happen to them. Tell us a little bit about how that, just was born and how you've I'm, I'm just in awe right now I don't even know how to ask this but let's talk a little bit about wounded, wounded healers 
So Wounded Healer is an organization that's basically made by my story. Mm-hmm. And I, I just started going to visit to few people who came to me to tell me they are survivors when I spoke. I started following up on them and knowing how they are. So I, they, I got, and people started calling me Wounded Healer. Oh. And I was like, oh, Wounded Healer? Beautiful. I called the organization Wounded Healer. So Wounded Healer is an organization that's made by survivors of sexual violence and people who are willing to end the cycle of sexual violence, the mentors, the counselors, but basically is led by survivors of sexual violence. So it's we came together as a few survivors of sexual violence that I knew, and we said, hey, this thing continue happening. Can we do something? Can we start talking about it? So we created the organization, and I went to... We did. We we started doing camp in partnership with other organizations, mm-hmm. and we went in the village, different village. In Kenya, you have different culture, right. and in that culture, there is a high level of prostitution of teenage girls, oh, and wow. ex- sex in exchange of tani- sanitary towels. And I was like, this cannot be happening. So mm-hmm. I formed Wounded Healer to ed- to educate people about sexual violence because it's a topic that people don't want to talk about. Mm-hmm. And people would ha- want to hide just like the way I wanted to hide it. So I started going deeper, talking about sexual violence in high schools, mm-hmm. talking about ha- sexual violence in the community. And I used to say to break the rape culture because rape culture, again, is what people continue abusing one another. Mm-hmm. So I formed Wounded Healer and with a, with a few other girls, we started uh, providing free counseling service for our survivor, no matter how long it happened, for more they want to be helped. And we started doing, I started doing the safe housing. Mm-hmm. So I started rescuing girls from their family because rape mostly happened within the family. I started looking for ways to bring them out of the family because many cases I was getting is an uncle abusing uh, a niece because he is paying school fees, all these things. So I started looking, partnering. I I have a big dream of having a rescue center, but because I don't have a rescue center, I took the girls and I started having a small rescue center, paying rent for them and giving them food as I continued talking to them because that's how much I would do. Wow. And I also started connecting with the, with them with other shelters, a few shelters that are in Kenya to just have that point of, of a place to sleep as I talk to them. So yeah. would, we would work and support their food or support their basic needs in the shelters that we have. So we have, I have 11 girls who are under my care that I'm providing them. They are all in different places. So I just support yeah. them in few ways that I can. And also uh, I have leadership skills. So I believe in uh, survivors advocating for themselves and for other survivors. Beautiful. So once I get a survivor, I we help, I do counseling for them and then we bring them to the leadership skill. We just want them to be leaders. Others don't want to go to school. Others just don't even know where they are. So we start uh, empowering them and giving them leadership skill and give them a platform to do mentorship. So mentorship is another program that we have. So once they're able to speak, once they're able, they they have confidence, they feel self-worth, you realize they just want to speak about themselves now. They want to do like what I did. Yes. So I give wow. them platform. 
in going to school with the curriculum that we have now to talk about themselves and to educate what sexual violence is. And wow. that's where we train self-defense. We train, wow. uh, we train kids and women self-defense. Just a basic with confidence, few basic skills mm-hmm. to protect themselves in case they happen. And then we have storytelling platform. Storytelling platform is where we give the survivors um, a bigger way of telling the story to the world through cameras because most are in Kenya. And I know speaking in front of camera is not easy. Mm -hmm. So I know whenever they are able to speak, we do that in the program. And whenever they they continue building up their skill, telling their stories with dignity, Mm -hmm. and they realize it's something powerful. And that's what we use to show the world. We, We want to show the world where we are, where we've come from, where we are, and where we are heading. Wow, that's amazing, Eunice. And it seems so like you've just thought of everything so well-rounded, not just that that surviving element of, of, of coming into a safe space, but then you've yeah. taken that and really empowered them to build the confidence. And now let's even take it a step further where they're serving and using their stories and their voice to help and advocate for others. That's just beautiful, Eunice. It's, a, it's amazing how you've um, just taken, taken this, this what, again, what, what others might, might consider, you know how they say life gives you lemons, it's time to make mm-hmm. lemonade and you've yes. just taken it just, just amazing again. And, and my heart breaks that you had to go through that, but I, I just see that what you're doing is is so world changing. Now, Eunice, how can we, how do you get supporters? How do you get support for the organization? How can, how can uh, people well, get involved? I have been getting speak, supporters by speaking like the way I spoke to you and asking for people who are close to me to help me in okay. doing this. So okay. I speak to individual people to support me because the foundation is in Kenya, is not yet registered in America. Okay. So I just talk on to people, the well-wishers, whoever want to chip in to come and get take part in my in the in my dream. I just welcome anyone not to donate, to give a skill, to contribute in ideas, you know, uh, to support them. I support girls with education because some are in high school. You know, so I just speak to individual people and I welcome them to my world and to support the girls and to support the vision that matters so much to me. That's beautiful. And what is the big dream for the organization, Eunice? My, the biggest dream of the organization is education. Mm. I wish every girl can get the education that I have gotten. And if not, because not everyone has ability to read, mm-hmm. I also want the the shelter the shelter when i say shelter is not a long term thing for me mm-hmm. a shelter is a 9 month program i have a shelter that girls will be coming to get empowered through those 9 months i will help them integrate back to their family mm-hmm. i'll give them skills and i will give them a startup to do whatever they want mm-hmm. and they will be the ambassadors of the organization to read and fight mm-hmm. so it's a um, the shelter biggest dream for us is provide education for a girl who wants to go to school and to build up sh- shelter for safety because that's something that I lacked. Mm-hmm. And a place, a hub where every survivor will come 
and live there very empowered and with a lot of confidence. Wow, that's that's amazing. So Eunice, if 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 we asked you today, and and I think that was such a a great question by this gentleman that you worked with um, to to really encourage you into that space of of trying to not only this, discover but uncover your strength. If I asked you today, who is Eunice Nuna? How would you answer that? Eunice Nuna is a visionary, a girl who has gone through pain and is perseverance and has the strongest muscle of resilience. Oh, I love it. And I can see it. And, and let me tell you, when you see the video, you'll see it. She's beautiful inside and out. And she has the most amazing smile. <laughs> I always say one of the, one of the, the, my, my, favorite things when I, when I look back at, at photographs from when people visit, you know, we were supposed to be in Kenya uh, in June this year and the pandemic sort of, um, mm-hmm. you know, wiped out the opportunity to that. And hopefully we'll, we'll revisit and, and get that going for next year. But I say there's nothing like a, like, like a Kenyan smile, <laughs> nothing in the world. So I, I, I love your heart for what you're doing, Eunice. I pray that you will come back. I thank you for kicking off this month of giving. Uh, I want to make sure that people know where to find you, if you can tell us how they can get a hold of you, maybe how they can look up the organization or connect with you directly. I'm sure people are, are um, knocking on your door, trying to get you on their own podcasts or radio shows because it's such an important uh, message of of just hope and 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 deliverance and grace and everything that comes with it. Uh, how do we how do we find you? I have all social media handles Eunice Nuna, and uh, my website is Wounded Healer Kenya. Wounded Healers Kenya. www.woundedhealer.org. Okay. And my email is Eunice at woundedhealer.org. Perfect. Thank you, Eunice. Eunice, any last words that you want to impart on our audience as we, as we again, uh, with so much gratitude, uh, thank you for, for coming and sharing with us. And I know you and I will be in touch <laughs> for sure, as will be many of the listeners who, who will hear your story. Uh, but any last words that you want to leave us with? The, the word that I always leave with people is that everyone is beautiful and is unique. If only we can be, and I, I know everyone has a story. If only we can touch the scars of our life and not feel the scar, but feel them as a step to jump and get liberated. So everyone can do it. And I always say, if I did, everyone can. Amazing. And I, I, I always want to see the beauty in brokenness of people oh. because we can make uh, we can make our stories beautiful amazing thank you Eunice that beautiful beautiful words thank you for being here thank you for the light that you bring into into these dark places um, and and you're such a beacon of of hope for so many so I appreciate you making the time today folks you heard it here uh, I will have all of the information when I post the podcast so that you can get in touch with Eunice so that you can find out how you can support 
and and work with wounded healers kenya uh because it's again you you've heard what what the vision is for for empowering you know people that have been that have been through probably the the darkest uh of of situations that we can face and how she's bringing that light uh, on the other side to to help them you know reach their their full potential so thank you thank you thank you uh those of you go out there and do good and be great and go play outside we'll see you soon <laughs>